Hi, you're listening to You're Like Really Pretty, a podcast for the girlies and the gays that love pop culture, reality TV, and the occasional juicy political scandal. I'm your host, Kayla. Oh my God, guys. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing per the usual. I want to start off by apologizing about last week's audio. I was delirious, okay? I, um... You know, remember how I said I went on that monologue about my birthday? Uh, yeah, it was like I was so tired from my weekend and then like school and getting my hair done. Okay, I was I, a lot was going on and I was tired. Um, and when I was editing the podcast, it did not sound bad to me. And then, yes, I'm somebody who contributes to my own listens. So I listen to my podcast every week on Spotify. Because that is what I like to do, okay? I don't get tired of myself. And I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, my God. I, like, messed around with a microphone or something, and the situation was not cute, and I was not happy. And then um, my ad, yes, I got my first little ad. Uh, My ad was, like, it, it was, like, somebody dropped a bomb like it was so loud compared to how the rest of my podcast was it I was disturbed okay I was disturbed by it um so let's just some housekeeping I immediately want to apologize for my behavior uh um and then like I've committed a great act I know it's terrible Um, And then I just want to say that I really want to say thank you to all my friends. I know I keep doing this, but I've had a really, really rough few days and I just got home. I'm recording this at 12.03 on Wednesday and I put my podcast out on Wednesday. I was doing it record before I went to school today, but... I didn't because I forgot. Um, And then I was meeting my friends for dinner. And while we were talking, and then we went to Applebee's because that's our new hangout, (laughs) which was my plan all along, because I unironically love Applebee's. I love it. Okay. I love the spinach and artichoke dip. Mine. I don't want to share it. I love it. And I don't love a lot of things. I love their honey mustard. When my husband and I are feeling particularly gluttonous, we will go get their wings are my favorite wings. Um, they're buffalo wings. I don't know what they do with their situation, but it has the perfect amount of breading to chicken ratio and they're like little smaller wings. I don't like the big fat wings. I know I like them to be a little bit smaller and they are generous when it comes to the flats um because that's what I want and during COVID the summer 2020 my husband and I would get that like three times a week and then they were selling these like shark drinks like they were like alcohol drinks and they had like a little shark gummy bear that was on top of it and then like once you finish drinking it the gummy bear was like frozen and also like pruned it was very weird I have like I think about that shark drink and I drink a lot of them, I think. And I don't even know if there was any alcohol in those, like they were supposed to be, but it, I never felt drunk. Um, 
But every time I think about summer 2020, I think about losing my mind and shaving my head. Um, and I think about those shark drinks. So I just want to say thank you to my friends because I have had a terrible few days. Not personally, like I'm okay, like in terms of like me and my family and stuff, but um, I, I can't really disclose more than that. Um, but I do a job for my husband's job and it involves helping people and I'm trying to help somebody and I'm not, there's only so much I can do and yeah. And so I've just been very upset about it and instead of just turning inward like I normally do, I've, you know, created a support system for myself. I have my mom, um, who will listen to me rant. And then the next morning she'll say, you freaked me out with your ranting because I forgot to take my Zoloft. Um, and then I got the brain zaps. So my mom, um, my friend H and my friend Tay and my therapist are all people who I feel like I can really lean on and I don't feel like a burden. And, um, I feel very, very thankful for that. So, and then tonight, my friends, we went out to my favorite, favorite Japanese steakhouse. Um, my husband and I, when we were first together, we used to go there like weekly, sometimes twice a week. And if you've been to like a hibachi steakhouse, like is not a cheap situation. And so why we thought that was a good financial decision. I don't know, but we were young and dumb. And, um, like we went there so often that like we had, like, if they saw us come in, the guy doesn't work there anymore, but there used to be a chef there that was really funny and like generous <laughs> with the stuff. They're already very generous there, but like he was always generous with us and like gave us a little bit extra and then like would give us a discount and um, we had like our favorite waiter who still works there and he's just so cute and handsome and um, yeah, like we were going there way too much <laughs> and <laughs> spending a lot of money. Um, but we went there tonight, me and my friends, and it was just like so much fun and I just like my soul really needed it after everything that happened over the last few days and like they let me rant about it at the beginning and like they listened to me and were really empathetic and like helping me with solutions and I just want to shout out Tay and Caitlin who were like like I I was like I need help um and like I'm begging you to please help and they're like absolutely like it wasn't even it was just absolutely, I'll help you. And so I love you guys and thank you. Um, my two Gemini girls, uh, which I just keep collecting those Geminis. Caitlin has her best friend who's moving up and guess what? She's beautiful and a Gemini, a beautiful Gemini. Um, and then we went to Applebee's where, okay, Applebee's has this like blue drink that they're doing. It's um, a blue raspberry lemon drop and they like make extra. So like you get your martini glass and then 
I got like out of this drink, I got like four of them. Okay, like three and a half. And it was only $12. That's pretty fucking good, okay? That is pretty good. Um, so that's why I love Applebee's. And we were just chatting and hooting and hollering and having so much fun. And just like, it was just good vibes all around. And uh, there was like this group of guys that were, that came in probably like 40 minutes after we got there. And then I was like yapping along and I looked, <laughs> I like looked and I was like, those guys were behind us and they moved up, moved away from us probably because we were laughing so hard. Um, we were definitely being those girl. And the thing was, is we weren't even drunk. We each only had one drink. We were just like sisterhood. You know what I mean? It was just sisterhood. I also was looking at my cute little analytics for this podcast. And I just want to say to my audience, um, 96% of you are, are, did I say 96 or 97? I'm a little tired, not super tired like last week, but I'm a little bit tired. <laughs> the 90, 96% is in the United States. And so, you know, God bless America, obviously. But what I'm confused about with that, well, actually, no, no, I'm not. Never mind. Don't listen to me. Um, I have listeners in Germany, India, United Kingdom. Um, even though I was just shitting on you at dinner, um, you know, you are our cousins across the pond and I do consider myself an Anglophile. So like, I will make fun of you on the internet. Um, but I, I am also, uh, I, I do love how your guys's humor is. I love how dry it is. I love all your customs. You know, I've already talked about it, whatever. United Kingdom. Thank you. Puerto Rico. Okay. Yes. Um, Australia. Hello, mate. Denmark. You already know how I feel about it. We talked about with Helena Christensen. I, you know what? My listener, I think it's one listener in Denmark. Can you adopt me? Um, like, what are you doing? I can come like, you know, I have my associate's degree. I'm a junior at UW. Uh, I have a great personality. Um, people who are like, I have a great personality. They don't have a good personality. So I guess I'm saying I don't have a good personality. I think I do have a good personality. Um, and like, I can do my makeup pretty well. Um, I really can talk about anything. Like, listen, I'm taking intro to ethics right now. Like we, we can talk about Socrates. Okay. I know a thing or two or or we can talk pop culture. Obviously, that's an interest of yours if you're listening to me. So what is it going to take for me to come work for you? Make yourself known. Um, Singapore, that's new. That's exciting. That's a cool fucking country. They're doing shit over there. Um, France, obviously, respect. Okay, I see what you guys are doing. After Macron was trying to raise the retirement age and the way you guys are rioting, and how like writing is just the French way of life. Like you guys don't like shit. You're fucking writing. Okay. I learned all about the yellow vest movement. I got obsessed. I was like, yeah, France knows what the fuck's going on. We tried to protest and the cops killed us. Um, Canada. 
listen, I'm First Nations. My tribe, uh, shout out the Hakja, a.k.a. Douglas Band, Harrison Springs, Harrison Hot Springs. Um, that's where my grandma's from. So, A, I appreciate every single one of you. I think it's the coolest fucking thing that, like, not only I have a bunch of Americans listening to my podcast, Avi, like, but all over the world, like, there's people all over the world who are just listening to me. And I am just so humbled by that. And I think that is just the coolest thing. And every time I look at my analytics and I see a new country pop up, I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Enough about um, all that. Let's get into hot topics. Okay. Because it has been, has it been a hot topic fun week. So I want to start with the highlight of today. Um, lock him up, lock him up. Yeah. Okay. I woke up after I got a disturbing phone call. I took my pup's potty. I sat down, was drinking my coffee and my mom had ABC news on. And what'd we do? We made fun of the news anchor because he doesn't have an upper lip, which is funny because Caitlin, remember the upper lip thing, if you're listening. Um, but we were making fun of him. I can't remember that anchor's name. It's the one that on ABC, you know, the one that like replaced Brian Williams, that one. I like him. My mom's scared by him. And I think, I think she's onto something because she said she's never seen him laugh or smile. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Anyway, we watched Donald Trump leave Trump Tower, get into the motorcade. Um, you know, we watched it drive with the helicopter all through New York, saw the pictures of him going to the courthouse, getting detained. Um, so lock him up, lock him up. Uh, it, it is a much like most of Trump. Um, it is a historical thing. And like, I think because Trumpism and the fucking crazy ass bullshit of it all. And the fact that like we went through a fever dream of a presidency with him and we were all just like existing while the world was just like literally hanging on by a thread. I mean, it's hanging on by about four threads right now, but it was hanging on by a thread, like a half a thread under his presidency. It was just like every fucking day there was something new. Um, and a lot of those problems are still there. So it's, you know, like it's been said multiple times that Trump, like thing the the country didn't go to shit because Trump became president. Like he was the symptom of a larger problem and that problem hasn't rooted itself out. And that problem won't root itself out because this country is built on a lot of those problems and a lot of those issues are woven into the fabric of this country and they prop up the fucked up people and that's where you get a Trump presidency and so also um, they had a lot of legal analysts on and even if he gets convicted like he could still be president again is that fucked like what a felon can still be president but you can't vote 
I just, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Um, so that was obviously humongous news. And we will look back at this and we'll be like, yeah, it was just a regular Tuesday. Speaking of the UK, Tuesday. It was just a regular Tuesday. But like the shit's going to be talked about in history books. Like, oh God, I wanted, I wanted to see him in the schadenfreude. Like it was real. I wanted to see him in handcuffs. I wanted it all. Any hoosers. Um, so that obviously is very important, but what may be more important, and it also has to do with the court of law, was that our girl, the goop goddess herself, won her trial. Hallelujah. Okay. Justice prevails. I will say that I do believe that um, based on what was presented, that the lawyer, like what he had texted his kids, what his daughter, I think his daughter testified that like, he's always been an asshole. His whole thing was like his personality changed after she hit him and everything. And his own daughter was like, no, he's always been a dick. Um, And then like what he texted, like how he was going to be like, Oh, I'm going to make bank all of that. I think, um, he hit her, but she won and she gave us everything we wanted. Okay. We wanted low stakes celebrity fodder. I didn't want a me too situation. I didn't want somebody getting murdered or somebody being sexually harassed or assaulted. I didn't want any of that. I just wanted something that I could sink my teeth into where nobody got hurt. And the, the defendant, or I guess, no, he would be the plaintiff. She was the defendant, the plaintiff, that gentleman, he has immediately said, I regret doing this. (laughs) He said the internet, they're, they're all making fun of me. (laughs) And you know what, you know what? Gwyneth Paltrow said after like as she was walking out it was serial killer vibes okay she leaned down to him and said I wish you well (laughs) oh my god that okay if you're not from the south which I am not but I am married to a southern man can't say a southern gentleman because okay yeah my husband is a gentleman but only to me okay He only likes me. Um, He's a dick to a lot of other people. Not, okay, okay. Now I got to set the record straight. If people know him in real life, like today at dinner, I was talking about this officer that's on the boat that like my husband's had to yell at a few times. And like, I was like, I'm honestly surprised my husband hasn't like decked him in the face. And, like, my friends were like, I can't imagine him yelling at anybody because he is so sweet. But they see him around me. They don't see him on his own. And he would never, like, be mean for no reason or anything like that. But my husband around me, like, he's just, he's obsessed with me and... I just, he's, he's a Gemini. What can I tell you? Okay. Around me, he's freaking Prince Charming. He's obsessed with me. He loves me. His whole 
life is devoted to making me comfortable. But when he's not around me and he'll tell me stories like him yelling at people, I just can't even imagine it because like one, he does not yell at me. Don't raise your voice at me. Okay. I can't handle that. Like I said tonight to my friends, I got daddy issues. A man raising their voice or cursing at me, I am triggered and I am crying. But once I start crying, I cry like Kim Kardashian. Okay, it's no cute cries over here. Once I am sobbing, I'm not breathing. My jaw hurts. So don't yell at me. Anyway, I digress. Um, Gwyneth, <laughs> my whole rant about that. I bless you for listening to me. And that's where I was going into is it in the South, when they say bless your heart, they're not, it's not, they're saying fuck you. Okay. Covertly. Or you stupid ass or what the fuck is wrong with you? It's not, it's not, Oh, bless your heart. It's not sweet. Okay. It's passive aggressive. And, um, Gwyneth, I wish you well. Uh, that is her version of bless your heart. Okay. That is her version. That is the goop. Bless your heart. I wish you well. Chills. Chills down my spine. Okay. Chills down my spine. Also, um, the visuals for two things. The first one, Lady Gaga, uh, that beautiful face of hers, my queen. Um, so there's been visuals that have come out for the Joker two. I never even saw the Joker one. I got to watch that, but I don't know. Like it was like the men around it. I don't know. It's just, it didn't seem like it was my thing, but Gaga is in the second one. And that is my thing. And anything she does is perfection, even art pop and all you swine out there who shit on art pop 10 years ago because you don't have taste and you couldn't understand it. I hope you go back and listen to that. And I hope you go, Oh my God, I was wrong. This was so ahead of this, the time, like this is so incredible. And then you write her a DM on Instagram and say, I'm sorry for shitting on art pop. Anyway, um, the visuals have come out her, like I saw her on steps where she didn't look all Harley Quinn like she looked stunning. Okay. She looked stunning. I couldn't even take it. But then I saw the visuals of her looking crazy with Joaquin Phoenix, who is also crazy. And, um, I saw on Twitter, people said, we're about to be me and who out like nobody's business. You know how like on, like when something happens, they're like me and who like a cute relationship moment or like a crazy relationship moment. Like on TikTok, people always go me and who they're definitely going to do that with this, um, with, uh, Gaga and Joaquin. I mean, the picture is just, she looks psychotic. And, um, I hope it's not a wig. I don't know. Her hair is really damaged. And then Joaquin obviously looks crazy because he always does. I don't know. But, uh, I guess I'm going to have to watch the Joker now. Like I knew it was coming, but I kind of was like, but then I saw the visuals and I saw Gaga on those steps and I said, Oh, this Italian girl from New York the way I love you, the way I worship you. 
Okay. A few other things. Um, the, so you know Fez to Euphoria things. Oh, wait. I didn't talk about the other visuals. The Barbie movie with Margot Robbie and um, Ryan Gosling. Well, everybody and their mom is in this movie and I am so here for it. People were like trying to shit on it. And I'm like, do you guys ever have fun? Is that something you ever do? Do you guys ever just think about like maybe enjoying something? Ugh. And it the trailer doesn't really tell you what it's about, but it gives you the visuals and holy fuck are the visuals sexy as hell. So Margot, um, I heard Amy Schumer like originally was going to play Barbie. And listen, I don't mind Amy Schumer like the rest of the internet. Trainwreck, one of my favorite movies. Um, I Feel Pretty, one of my favorite movies. That scene where she, like the opening scene, um, where she's at Soul Cycle. <laughs> Fucking love that scene, dude. I love those movies. Any movie that's like set in New York and, and makes New York um, like a character. That's why I love Sex and the City so much. Uh, I love because I belong in New York. Um, even though I'm probably too soft for New York, but that's besides the point. So Ryan Gosling, who is, we'll see. Um, is in it and then Dua Lipa she plays Barbie Mermaid and um, this guy named Scott Evans who I thought when I first saw the visual I thought that was Trixie Mattel out of, out of drag also why isn't Trixie Mattel in this movie please be like let us be surprised by that Trixie like that you remember speaking of sex in the city um, do you remember in Sex and the City 2 when Stanford and Mario are getting married and the swans of it all? Oh, wasn't that just so beautiful? And then they like stepped on the glass. Oh my God. Oh, so cute. Anyway, um, they like Miranda's character, or I guess Cynthia Nixon's character, Miranda. Oh my God. You guys know Sex and the City. Why am I explaining this? Um, Miranda, like... Liza Minnelli dances and my mom's like so freaked out about Liza Minnelli in that role like she's like I hate the dancing like she's so triggered by it and but they were like is that Liza Minnelli um and Miranda says like if there's this much gay energy like basically it's laws of physics like Liza's gonna manifest it's a Barbie movie Trixie Mattel aka Brian Durkis should materialize in the Barbie movie. <sighs> um, and then what I was most excited, because I had no idea, Issa Rae is in it. And she plays President Barbie. And I can't freaking wait for it. Um, I can't wait. Comes out July 31st. The visuals are beautiful. Everything is just stunning and it's fun and it's exciting. And, you know, I, I'm like really passionate about Barbie. Um, I think that, well, one, I loved Barbies. My mom will always tell anybody who will listen because I was a brat and I still am. But imagine this brat being three years old. And whenever, like my mom wouldn't take me to the grocery store because I would cry unless I got a Barbie and I have a tub. I had to go through it 
and like weed out and keep only just the Barbies that were super special to me because I had probably a hundred Barbies and then I probably had like 20 Bratz dolls. Like I was a girly girl and I still am, but I loved Barbies and I actually watched a great video with Trixie Mattel a few years ago where she was showing her Barbie collection and, um, she is so passionate about Barbie and about how like much it means for women and like how influential it was and how, um, you know, a lot of people are really critical of like Barbie's proportions and stuff, but it showed little girls that you could be an astronaut. You could be, uh, a president. You could be anything you wanted because Barbie was doing that. And like, there's nothing wrong with being a homemaker, but that's like what women were expected to do. And it was really revolutionary that this toy for little girls, little girls could imagine themselves not being a mom. They could imagine themselves being something else. And so, you know, I grew up in the, in the age of the nineties Barbie. So like I, that had already been established. Like this is for my mom's generation. And then the Barbies that are like the most expensive are, um, actually like black Barbies. There's a Barbie from the seventies called Francine and I found a Francine like they, they're around and Trixie has one and she's the one that told me about it. But those Barbies are the most expensive because there wasn't as many of those made. And um, a Francine, I found a Francine that was like in mint condition. It's like five grand. And then I found a Francine that was out of the box and her curls were a little brushed out. And that was three grand. Like Francines are not cheap. And so I just, I love Barbie. I love the whole concept of Barbie. I think that they're still so fantastic. Um, with like, I'll go at Target because Target's my favorite place to look at Barbies. Like they have the perfect setup and I'll go look at Target and there's so many different kinds of Barbies. There's so many body sizes, um, there's so many different, obviously the careers, there's so many different ages. Um, I saw one Barbie that made me cry and, um, uh, it was a, I think it was like, because they have the different Barbie names. Like, obviously, like I said, there's like a Francine, there's Skipper and stuff, but I think this was just a Barbie. Um, and she had... I can't say the word, uh, bit, bit you know, the skin thing where you, your, the pigment in your skin changes. Michael Jackson allegedly had it. Vitiligo. I can't say that word, but she had that. And so she, you know, this, I just thought that was like, there's a little girl out there or a little boy or a little they. And they have that. And there's this toy that they can play with. Like when I got a Barbie that's name was Kayla, obviously it was spelt with a Y. But that Barbie is my 
favorite Barbie to this day. Like she is safely guarded, wrapped up right now because it is my favorite. Her name's Kayla and she's, she, she's not like Francine expensive, but she goes for $200. Okay. She didn't get made that much. And when I got a Barbie named Kayla, it meant the world to me. I felt so seen. So I can only imagine getting a Barbie that's in a wheelchair or getting a Barbie that has the skin thing, the word, the V word, I can't say, um, how much something like that means. And I'm just, I'm so excited for this movie and the visuals just look absolutely stunning. Okay. I am 32 minutes into this and I obviously have a lot to say. Uh, and then the other thing I saw with Euphoria is so I listened to Armchair Expert and Barbie, Bar- <gasps> I didn't even put two and two together. Barbie Ferreira was on Armchair Expert this week. She, I adore her. I knew I would adore her, um, but she is a rapid talker and I just ate it up. And like, it felt like the interview wasn't long enough. I was like, was this a 45 minute interview? No. She's just that captivating that I didn't want it to end. And it like had already been an hour and 10 minutes. Um, She was wonderful. And so she isn't coming back for Euphoria. And I know that there was like stuff about that and concerns. um, And like, cause she was barely in season two and like, she had such a beautiful arc in season one and word on the street was, is that Sam, like wanted her character to get an eating disorder or something. And like the rumors that came out was that Barbie was like, no, like, I don't want to just play the fat friend. Um, and like there was creative differences. Um, but she was very kind in the way she spoke about him. And she just said like, it was like a mutual, like, okay, let me leave. And him saying go because like he didn't want to tell that story anymore. And she didn't want to play the story, how it, the direction it looked like it was going, but it does make me really sad because that story was a really important story. And, um, but the thing is, is her talent, she's booked and she's busy and, I'm excited to watch her career, but it really, I just like, we're, we're being, you know, robbed of a fantastic performance and it was really cool to hear the behind the scenes stuff. So like, you know, how she, um, she was the last person cast in Euphoria and she's from New York and she's like, I remember being on the subway and there being like, um, casting call like things on the subway an A24 project you know we want a uh, plus size girl between these ages we want a trans woman between these ages um, and so like it she was like everybody I know that's in the actor world uh, auditioned for Euphoria and she was the last person to be officially cast and her and Hunter we're really good friends. I don't, it sound, it kind of sounds like they're not really good friends anymore, but they were through the process. And, um, she said that like, they were really encouraged to not get like, um, 
acting lessons or get an acting coach or anything like they really wanted it to feel real and raw and like the writers and stuff like each of those characters do have a piece of that actor in them and I just it was really cool to hear that and kind of the behind the scenes stuff of like how long it takes to light and how like the show to shoot one episode takes a month and a half. Whereas like Dax was talking about when he was on power or powerhood, parenthood, parenthood, it would take to shoot one hour, an hour long show. It took a week. And so, you know, euphoria is an hour long show and it takes a month and a half because like you watch the show and visually it's like nothing you've ever seen. Like, it's just so beautiful. Um, so that was really cool. And then I was watching TV and I saw that Fez, the actor, Angus Cloud, Fez, he's like the face of Polo. I was like, yes, get that coin. So I was really excited for that. I was really excited to listen to Barbie's interview. I think she, I would love to just like talk with her because she definitely feels like one of my friends. Like she feels so real and stuff and like she's she's really honest and she's really vulnerable but she's also like you can tell that this whole experience of her like in season two of euphoria like it really obviously profoundly affected her but it also was something that like made her grow and I think she has a a I think she's coming to a um, I guess you could say like an appreciation for having gone through that, even though it, it, it sounded like it was terrible, like the, it, it became a life its own, but she just had nice things to say about Sam. Like she didn't obviously praise him or anything, but she was kind to him. And when you just look at the situation, I think she had, um, she had every reason to be hurt by him wanting to to just kind of cheapen this role and she chose to take the high road and I don't know if I would I also want to um shout out to uh Megan the Stallion um god bless you and god bless America again because her at that baseball game whoo lord have mercy um on my soul because I am in love with her and there's nothing wrong she can do. Okay. I have put her to that status and that's what, that's all I got to say about that is thank you for the white pants. Thank you for the face. Thank you for all of it because it really is so important. Oh, and Anne Hathaway, she is, this is perfect to tie into the fashion series. Anne Hathaway is, um, the uh like well we kind of already knew because she kept doing those cute pink like 90s inspired you know when Gianni was at the helm Versace outfits but she is like the face of Versace and I just I love what's going on there um I love that people love her and I love that she just seems so happy and so like content and I feel like she's having kind of like 
she never went away, but like she's just having like a really great moment that I'm excited and I hope it lasts for a few years. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really awesome to see that she just looks like stunning. Like, yeah, she's the face of the Versace icons collection and it's just like <sighs> that face card. It's never getting declined. Okay. It just isn't, it isn't getting declined. Um, so yeah, it, there's so much going on. I like, I can't even, I can't do another week of just an hour of hot topics. I mean, I could, if I wanted to, before I get into this week's supermodel, I just want to do a quick PSA. Um, if you have not watched the last dance, you know, the Michael Jordan documentary, um, I am hurt and I am offended and my friends, I thought I bullied them enough to tell them to watch it. Not one of these hoes watched the lot. Don't you guys remember like after, um, Tiger King, ugh, after Tiger King, which also one of my friends didn't know that Carol Baskin's husband was found. And she was like, like she short circuited. She's like, what? And I was like, yeah, she, he was found. He was in Puerto Rico. Like we said, like she said, she's like, wait, what? Yeah. So I, if you didn't know, Carol Baskin's husband was found and he was in Puerto Rico. Okay. Like, ugh. anyway, um, after the last dance or after Tiger King, the last dance came out. I remember it vividly because I was living in Airbnbs for the first three months of COVID because my husband and I sold our house, um, and literally closed on it four days before the like lockdown went in, like the, everything that was happening in Washington state was like, cause that's where I'm from. That's where my family was. So like the alarm bells were ringing and we were like, Oh my God, but thank God we sold that house before that happened. Cause they closed down everything. But we spent a lot of money and had to live in Airbnbs. It was awful. Anyway, um, we were in an Airbnb and this would have been April, 2020 when the last dance came out on ESPN and we were glued. I was like, I can do anything after I watched that documentary. It's so good. It is so it's, good if you love sports obviously um it's a sports dynasty and like I grew up I guess maybe like I grew up in a sports family like I played soccer for most of my life um and I was really fucking good at it uh and that is a like I'm not being humble about it at all I was an amazing soccer player and I wish that I would have had like the discipline to keep going. Um, but I didn't because I was obsessed with boys. Anyway, uh, I was a really good soccer player. My brother was a really good football player. My sister was a pretty good soccer player too. Um, I played basketball and, uh, I really wanted to join, um, the lacrosse team my senior year, but my parents were like, don't you have a job? And I'm like, anyway, this isn't, this isn't the Kayla hour. Anyway, I grew up in a sports family. Okay. My family, we were so nuts about football that we, every week we did what we called picks. And so like, it wasn't like, 
gambling per se, but like you would pick like my mom, my stepmom would put down every football game that's being played, what their record was. Um, and you would pick who you thought would win. And then like we would tally it up, uh, at the end of, um, at the end of the season. And like, it was just, we were, you know, ESPN was always on, uh, and football was always playing. And, um, my dad, he, uh, played in like a minor league football team in Seattle back in the nineties. And then obviously my brother in football. Um, and then my dad also like took a side gig where on the weekends he was a referee for basketball. Uh, and yeah, we were very, very into sports and, um, my dad was very into 90s basketball. And so this was like kind of some of my earliest memories was Michael Jordan being on the Bulls and um, just the whole, like I, so many of those clips that are shown in that documentary, I like, I feel like I remember seeing them. And, uh, yeah. And so Michael Jordan's obviously the goat. Um, and I love like any kind of documentary, but especially like celebrity documentaries. I just eat that shit up. And the, the, what is so like special about this one is that obviously it's centered on Michael Jordan, but it also, all these other characters that were so, um, important in his life they get their story told a little bit too so you know Dennis Rodman Scotty Pippen all of that um and I I just thought it was one of the best documentaries I ever watched and I was so inspired by like Michael Jordan I was so inspired by his like leadership um even though I didn't always agree with it but somebody who like love of the game just was above all else. Like his commitment to his craft was just, it's admirable and it wasn't always healthy. Definitely wasn't always healthy. Um, it was cruel a lot of the times, but it was genius and genius is rarely ever kind. Uh, it was just, it was incredible. It was an incredible documentary and, um, so many great memes came from it, you know, when Michael, and I took that personally because he says that throughout the documentary, but none of my friends have seen it. And so I bullied them and I said, if you care about me at all, you'll watch this documentary. I gave it a week. Okay. I didn't give it quite a week. Maybe I did. I don't know. But tonight I said, did you, I texted in the group chat. I said, did you guys, nobody acknowledged me when I said, um, have you done your homework? Did you watch last dance? Nobody said anything. I said, that means no. So I confronted them tonight. I said, did anybody watch the last dance? No, no, no. Tay's the only one who's halfway forgiven. Even though I said, you're the only other black person in this group. Okay. This is necessary viewing for you and me. This is important. Okay. This is our culture. But 
But the reason she's halfway forgiven is because she finally watched The White Lotus and um, season one and two. She breezed through them. I told her when season two was airing, I said, you need to watch it. And um, she's like, what is it about? And I was like, I don't know how to describe it. It's about people and their relationships. And I told her that through text again. I was like, I don't know how to describe it to people. But the acting is incredible. The writing's incredible. Um, they shoot in like these gorgeous locations. So the buildings are incredible. The scenic, it, it's just like great writing, great acting, great location. And it's juicy, okay? And so she watched all of that. And now I got to send her a bunch of memes that she understands. Um, and so she's halfway forgiven. But I swear to God, if in two weeks, they nobody has watched The Last Dance, you'll never hear from me again. Okay, I said I was going to wrap this up and get into this week's um, supermodel, but here I am. Here I am. This is what I do. I love talking. So thanks for listening. So Claudia Schiffer is this week's model. And I'm going to start off at the top and say, I feel like I, I learned so much about her, but I have no idea who she is. Like, I just don't think... I got a gauge on her personality at all. Um, and so while she's accomplished and done so much, that's primarily what I'm going to focus on because I just didn't get like a read on her. And that, that might be intentional. She might be incredibly private and have like her private life and then her, you know, public, but like even then, the public persona, like, I just, I didn't get a read on any of it. Like she was just kind of mysterious to me. So I want to preface everything with that because it, I, that's why I like doing these things is because I like to, I like to, you know, focus on the, the personalities and everything. And I like to deconstruct, you know, their whole persona and, I just couldn't with her. I like, I've read so many things and I was just like, I know so much, but I don't know anything. Um, but you know, maybe as I'm yapping along, some things will come to me and we will see, we will see. So Claudia Maria Schiffer was born August 25th, 1970. So what does that make her? We start off everything, right? Right. Virgo which may be why I couldn't get a read on her because you know who else is a Virgo? Beyonce. But even then, Beyonce has been around my whole life, so I got a read on her. But Virgos, H is a Virgo. Um, she's not wanting to disclose stuff about herself. Uh, and, you know, if you can get somebody who's a Virgo to, especially a Virgo woman, to um, be vulnerable with you and honest about stuff like not that they lie that's not what I'm implying but like for a Virgo to feel safe that they can be honest about things other than surface things you've made that person feel cocooned and loved so that you know that might be why I couldn't really get a read on what her personality was or anything 
Uh, but so she's a Virgo. She was born in Germany and um, she was raised in Germany as well. Her father was a lawyer. <laughs> Who's going to be a lawyer one day? Moi. So, you know, I see pops. Um, and she initially, that's what she wanted to do. She was going to follow her father's uh, footsteps and become a lawyer. And she worked for him at his law office. And then I saw conflicting things. Most things I saw said that she was discovered when she was 17. But there were like three or four things that said that she was discovered when she was 15. Um, the fact that she was working at his law office is what kind of like leads me to believe that uh, she was probably 17. But I, I can't say for sure because so many things like said 15 like it was like I probably read like 25 things and I would say like eight of them said 15 but she was either 15 or 17 or maybe she was 16 who knows but she was discovered and she was discovered at a club isn't that so fun like one of the models was discovered um on a horse another one like when she was just walking around I Somebody discover me, please. I was tonight at dinner. I was like, I just, I just, because I was like, why do you guys have to work? And Tay said, she's like, I girl bossed myself into this career. <laughs> girl boss too, too close to the sun. I was like, why do you got to work? Why can't our husbands all be rich and our job to be socialized? I'll, I'll raise money. <sighs> just want to, I just want my life to be going to meals and chatting. It's my favorite thing in the world. Anyway, she was approached, um, at the, something said disco. I was like, disco. Um, and she, uh, the person that approached her was actually the head of the metropolitan model agency. So it wasn't even like just a regular daycare scout. Like it was the head of a model agency and he immediately sent her off to Paris where, you know, all those European girls are sent and um, got her working immediately. And she, it, would it be a 90 supermodel story if I didn't mention Karl Lagerfeld? Because yes, she was another muse to Karl Lagerfeld and she became the new face of Chanel um, and he took her under his wing um, like he does. I just, I can't wait till this year's met. I can't wait to see the love story because it's the more and more I learn about these women is like, it just seems like he really, oh God, I hope there's nothing negative about him, but I haven't come across anything. It really seems like he was so generous and like he really believed in these girls, these women and believed in their abilities and really propped them up. And I just think that's so beautiful. Um, and so uh, she, um, I forgot to add that, like, after that, uh, the head of that agency sent her to Paris, like, she quickly became um, a force to be reckoned with. And she was, she appeared at, on the cover of Elle, um, so like pretty soon after she went to Paris and then 
1989, so she would have been in Paris for, what, two years? Um, She became, like, the face of guests. And I think that's, if you're a millennial, um, and even the Gen Zers, they're really nostalgic for a time that they weren't alive, but they, like, Claudia was the face of guests. And she has described that um, she knew she made it when she ran into somebody and they said, aren't you like guest girl? And she's like, I've arrived. Um, and that's when I think of Claudia Schiffer, I think of her guest ads. They are beautiful. They are bombshell. They are just, I mean, guest ads are like just some of the most beautiful ads to me. They're like what I like, like that's the aesthetic I absolutely bombshell sexy you know smoky eyes like just gorgeous Anna Nicole Smith's um guest ads are oh my god Anna I miss you so much she was such a like bright beautiful light in this world um but her her guest ads are really gorgeous and so um it guess like became such a huge brand and her face was everywhere and because her face was everywhere people um people knew of her and they knew that face and her her early face like her when she was younger her early face um her face when she was younger she did give you Bridget Bardot like absolutely she could have been a niece of Bridget Bardot. That's like how similar they looked. And they both had that sexy bombshell, blonde hair, full lips, like gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Um, and so she also was on the cover of that iconic um, Vogue, that British Vogue cover uh, that those girls did with her Brits. And um after that, that's where she uh, became the face of Chanel. I kind of skipped over some stuff. Um, and she definitely gives Chanel, uh, just like Christy, like it, she really fits with the brand very well. She fits with, and that that's another thing about her is that like, she kind of fits with every brand. And I can't, like, she, she was part of Versace, Prada, um, obviously Chanel, uh, she was, her paws were in all of it, and she makes sense in every single one. I can't, like, I feel like she would make sense, obviously, in high fashion, she would make sense in, like, something that's a more accessible, like, catalog-y, she also would make sense in something that's really avant-garde and like, you know, like Galliano and stuff. I'm pretty sure she probably walked in that crazy Galliano show from um, uh, spring, summer, 94. Like she, she has universal appeal. She fits everywhere. And I think that is like, like she's like a chameleon in that way in that, you see her in a, and you're like, yeah, of course. Like, of course she would be there. It makes absolute sense. I did find one interview that kind of, and it wasn't from that long ago. It was from like 2021. 
And it did kind of give a little bit more of a peek of some personal stuff about her. And what I really liked was what she had to say about Karl Lagerfeld. So he is German or was, I guess he passed. And obviously she's German. And so like when he kind of took her under his wing when she was 18 years old, um, they like would speak German to each other and like language really bonds and, um, you know, we look for ourselves in each other. And I thought that was really, really cute that, you know, she was like, we would speak German to each other and nobody understood what we were saying. And they just like, they just found comfort in each other with that. And she also described Carl as, what Andy Warhol was to art is what Karl Lagerfeld was to fashion. And those I think really speak volume to like his legacy and stuff. And I definitely did not appreciate him um, in the way I should have when he was alive. Like I always appreciate him. He was always a fixture in fashion and I always know his influence was all over it. And all of that, but like reading about just every single one of these girls just have the most amazing things to say about him. And even like on my Lindsay Lohan episodes, like he adored her. It's just like he, he really just was like a giver and like this gift he had for fashion. Like he just shared it with the world and we're really lucky that we got to see it. And so she, she held him in very, very high esteem. She said, Carl taught me so much about fashion, culture, photography, and he also advised me to remain true to myself and trust my instincts. Those wise words remain with me. And I thought that was very sweet. And, um, I can't, I hope like, I wonder if he has a memoir or like somebody's wrote, written a biography on him. I would love to read that. I'm going to have to make a little mental note to kind of look that up. And so early 90s, she is obviously just like the other girls establishing her career and like using the momentum of um, the 90s supermodel moniker to build this uh, this career for herself and she actually holds the Guinness world record for the most magazine covers. She has over a thousand one zero 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 a thousand magazine covers. Can you like I can't even I can't even like imagine that. She was also in Playboy, which I didn't know and I love that. I love I mean yes Playboy's complicated and you know, on one sense, it was like for women's liberation, even though like the second wave feminists didn't believe that. But and then uh, in another sense, like they were all pre- I don't know. But I feel like a lot of the celebrities, not the playmates, but a lot of the celebrities who've talked about doing Playboy, it was such an empowering experience for them. And like, in Pamela Anderson's documentary, she talks about how, cause she was, she's shy and you can tell that. Um, and she was incredibly shy. And then 
when she tested for Playboy, it was like she tapped into something that she didn't know she had and being like sexy and all of that, like it gave her this confidence. It was this character she could put on. And so, um, yeah, Claudia did, uh, did Playboy in the late nineties, um, and 1000 magazine covers like Jesus. Can you even imagine I can't even imagine doing one magazine cover. She's done a thousand. Like, that's incredible. Uh, and she has so many iconic, like for being somebody who I can't get a read on, she's just so, like her face is definitely, when I think of this era, like her face is one of them that immediately comes to mind. And um, her longest standing contract was L'Oreal, uh, and like that, that just like Christy, where she had Maybelline, um, Claudia 90, like I can see those magazine inserts with her and the lipstick and L'Oreal. Like it is girl was in her bag. She was booked and busy. Um, And every single designer wanted her because she, like I said, she had that universal appeal. She fits in everywhere. She makes sense everywhere. Her look is, goes with everything. Like it, it just does. Like I, when she's in like those super done up sultry looks, I'm like, yes, she's serving. And then there's some looks where she's like, quote unquote, barefaced, you know, she just has like very light foundation on and a little bit of brow and a little bit of mascara. And she just fits so well there too. Like I buy it. I buy anything that she's modeling for, or she's the face of. I'm like, of course, that makes absolute sense that Claudia Schiffer is the one that would be promoting this. She was also the first model to make the cover of Vanity Fair, Rolling Stone, The New York Times, and People. Obviously, she's been on Vogue a million times, Harper Bazaar, Cosmo. Um, But I just, she's done so many covers. She also does, I guess this is a little interesting tidbit, is that she um, has been doing for like 30 years a swimsuit uh, calendar. She still does it to this day, a swimsuit calendar every single year. Uh, She is a hustler. Like she wants to keep her name out there, keep working, keep earning. Um, And she is like reportedly worth like $55 million. One thing she does say that I might give you a little glimpse is that she says She's very, she, you know how like the other girls didn't really like the supermodel term. She probably takes it maybe a little too seriously, but she's not wrong. Um, but she's like, they're, they're the supermodels like of her time. Like there, there hasn't been anything that's come close to those supermodels. Um, and like the only person who has, reached their stardom is Giselle and that's that's it um so she 
she definitely is of the belief that like the supermodel is a thing of the past and these other girls are not doing it the way they did it. And I'd have to agree. I do think that, you know, we, we definitely still have like the popular models, uh, you know, Gigi, um, Bella, Candle, Jenner, um, and then like Cara, Delavine. There are models that are really popular, but they're not, they're not 90 supermodels. They just aren't. And that's okay. You know, things come and they go and that's fine. But she seems to have a little bit of a chip on her shoulder about being a supermodel while also acknowledging that like, she's like, we, you know, in our time, like we didn't have, there weren't cell phones. So like you could have fun and party and be wild and like not have to worry about video surfacing of you. So she seems to have awareness that like the 90 supermodel isn't attainable um, because like things have shifted in uh, our culture. So interesting a little tidbit on that was, you know, gave us a peek into her mind a little bit. I'm telling you, I like looked at so many things. I'm like, who is this woman? Like all I could find was all her accomplishments. And I think that probably is what she cares about is how incredibly accomplished she is. And she is, she is, I would argue probably the most successful. Like if you're, if you're just thinking about capacity and, um, like continuation of working, I mean, Naomi Campbell, which I'm saving Naomi. Anyway, Naomi is the model. She is the model. And I will not be elaborating any further right now. But I think that if you were to list out the accomplishments of Claudia Schiffer, like she definitely is up there. Like she's acted. She's been on a bunch of talk shows. Um, She obviously is been in absolutely everything when it comes to fashion. Um, she is like super involved with like soccer and, uh, doing like the opening ceremonies for, um, the world cup. She, uh, um, has like her own cashmere line. And then I already talked about the calendar that she does every year. She is obviously she's done stuff in music videos because you can't be a supermodel without being in music videos. And so she's been in music videos. Um, she has released like fitness videos and she's hosted like fashion shows, like fashion TV shows. Um, she's hosted fashion award shows. Like she's done so much. Oh, apparently she presented a polo trophy to Prince William like, you know, 20 years ago, like she is, her paws are in every single thing. Her accomplishment, her career, her resume is just like out of this world. Like she is always keeping herself relevant and not in a way that is like fame for the sake of fame. Like it's very much not that it's very much like 
I'm somebody who wants to work. I want to work hard. And like, I get the sense that she probably gets a lot of self-esteem from working. She gets a lot of her self-worth in working. Um, and I wonder if like, if that's because she has a German background or background, if she's German or if like her parents, like her mom, her dad, I don't know. I can't figure it out. If anybody else, like I even was trying to look for blind items. I was that desperate. Um, but it's, it is admirable how, uh, how committed she is to, um, working and hustling and hustling in a way that makes sense. And like, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. You got to make your money, you make your money, but not everybody's Lisa Renna. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> not everybody's Lisa Renna who's going to do anything. And it, it doesn't seem like she's going to do anything. She's going to do anything that makes sense for her. Everything I listed makes absolute sense. Like, except maybe the polo trophy for Prince William. That's random. Is she like a big polo player? I don't know. I couldn't figure that out. Maybe she is. But yeah. Um, and then I just want to kind of touch on a little bit of her like dating life because I thought it was kind of interesting because, you know, I, I'm trying to find some stuff. Um, apparently she was married to David Copperfield. Uh, what? Huh? Did anybody know that? I didn't know that. I didn't think magicians got married. I didn't think that was a thing. Because aren't they all kind of creepy? Don't they all kind of creepy out? Like David Blaine. Obviously Chris Angel. Chris Angel, mind freak. He freaks me out too. Um, the hair, the the rock and... Re it, yeah. But apparently she was married to him. Um, she also was uh, romantically linked to um, Richie Sambora, which is one of my favorite celebrity scandals was, you know, how the, Denise Richards and how they call her St. Denise. She may be a saint when it comes to dealing with Charlie Sheen, but it's not that hard to be a saint compared to Charlie Sheen and his antics. But she was really good friends with Heather Locklear. Like, they were, like, best friends. And, um... <laughs> Denise Richards got with Richie Sambora after Heather Locklear. And God bless Heather Locklear. I hope she gets help. She seems like she's been on a spiral for, like, 20 years, and it's scary. But Denise immediately got with her best friends. Like, man, it was... <sighs> anyway... Claudia Schiffer was romantically linked to him and then also romantically linked to Prince Albert of Monaco. Um, and so, yeah, she, she was married to him. They divorced and then she ended up marrying a guy who um, is like, he like was part of like, I don't know if he was the director or writer, but of like X-Men first class Um the Kingsman movies like he I know he directed and co-wrote one of the Kingsman movies which my mom loves those movies boomers really like I think my husband loves those movies too I've never seen them but I've never heard anybody say like anything bad about them people really seem to love them 
Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it for her personal life is that she was married, then she wasn't married. She dated some people and then she didn't date some people and then she got married to a dude and they've been married forever and living happily ever after in England. Um, <laughs> I'm really trying. I'm really trying to like paint a picture of this woman and I just feel like I can't. And I want to, I want to like, I just, I love women so much and I want to give each one of them like, I want to tell their story of them being a supermodel. And I guess that's her story is that she's a hard worker and she really wants that resume to be padded full you know, she's not just a model. She's also an actress, not just an actress. She's a host. She's a, a business owner. She's an entrepreneur. She like that. That's what I can gather from her. And, um, you know, she she has some iconic 90s uh, runways and then like 90s shoots. I would say um her shoots are probably what I remember the most and definitely the guest jeans that was that is quintessential in her story is the guest ads because she was the guest girl her and Anna Nicole were the guest girls uh but my favorite 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 90s um like shot is a Versace ad of course and they are, it's like six girls and they're in like, um, these like metallic skirts that are so nineties and so Versace. Um, and like, they all have different colors on, uh, and hold on. I'm trying to look it up so that I can describe it properly to you. Yeah, so they're um they're all in like metallic skirts, obviously legs for days. And then they have uh like it it looks like it could be, you know, it's 90s, so like you can't really tell. It definitely is like a knitted sweater, but like it kind of looks like one or two of them are a little bit of like cashmere. Hmm, I don't know. Might just be the pixels. But, um, yeah, they're in crop knitted sweaters. They have metallic skirts on, uh, one of them's pleated. And then they have like those cute, uh, where they look like, um, uh, like leg warmers, but they aren't leg warmers. They're just like kind of, uh, runch socks and they're, it's all pastels, um, and the shoes are so cute and very Versace. Um, yeah, it's just such a, it's my favorite. It's like, I think 90s Versace. I think of this ad exactly. And Claudia's in the middle of it and looking absolutely stunning. And it's just so fun. And it's so Gianni Versace. And it's just good. It's good in all the right ways. And she was in the middle of that. And so that's what I think of when I think of Claudia Schiffer is like her in the middle of that ad. And then I also found a 
great picture of her in between Gianni Versace and Karl Lagerfeld. And that just, oh my God, that picture, she looks like a freaking goddess because she is. Um, and I just was like, oh my God, can you believe that? Can you? And I'm sure she probably like pinches herself and is like, look at all this history I was part of. Look at like these these titans of her industry and they just were so captivated by her. Um, but yeah, the, the interview I found that, uh, like I kind of got a little bit of her personality from was, um, from a fashion photography book from the nineties called Captivate. And, uh, she curated it and, um, the cover of it is that Versace picture where uh, she's in the middle with the um, for other models. Like, I think that's really cool that she curated like these gorgeous photos. She also, um, I'd be interested in like seeing that. Does anybody have that? Because I'm not going to go buy it. Okay, those books are expensive. And I got a little tiny coffee table that will damage the book. I'm not in that tax bracket yet. Um, hopefully this thing pops off, the lawyer gig pops off and I could be in that tax bracket, but right now I'm not. Uh, so if anybody has that, I would love to just like, you know, take some pictures, send it to me. I'd love to see it. But she also has, um, this really cool shot that I'd never seen before. And it was in 1994. It was the Versace post runway. And so basically like what happened is that they walked for Versace and then they went straight from walking for Versace to shoot for Italian Vogue in uh, Versace's Palazzo. It was like literally moments after they finished their show, they went and shot for Vogue. It's such a cool, and they're all serving. They're all looking gorgeous. It is such a cool shot. And like, I've never seen it before. And I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Um, and yeah, it, she really like, I guess you could say she has a appreciation for this craft. She really, she doesn't look at it as silly, which is valid, you know, um, it is a craft. Not everybody can model. I certainly can't. I can barely walk in a straight line. So she, you know, I think she takes it very seriously and she takes herself seriously, uh, just based on the few things that I could find out about her. Um, and she really has a love of this art form and a love for the Titans of this industry. Um, there's also a great picture of her, like with, when she was like young, obviously. And, um, Andre Leon Talley, who's somebody I think I've briefly mentioned. He also was very influential, very much a Titan who, um, I don't think that Anna Wintour, uh, I think he, I think she may have tried to, um, ruin his career. And unfortunately he's passed away, but, um, it's a great photo with her and him. And yeah, it's just, she has so many, there's so many photos of her with these people just looking so 
stunning. She had great um, uh, street fashion. Like, it was very... Um, it's giving a uh, model off duty, obviously. Um, but she did a great job at like all these, um, like when she was the face of Chanel, her street fashion really incorporated a lot of Chanel. So, you know, she's wearing the Chanel, uh, I guess you could say maybe, I guess you could say that like, she really, um, was like an influencer in the sense that she, like, you know how the influencers now they're like, Oh, like people will be like, Oh my God, where'd you get that jacket? And like, you know, link in the bio kind of thing. Like she very much was like not afraid of wearing whatever she was the face of and like promoting that and like kind of maybe, maybe she was part of like being photographed and something like that, like getting paid, you know, she's photographed in Chanel, Chanel gives her a little money on the side for being photographed in that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just theorizing. I'm just talking. Um, and she, uh, there's a gorgeous, um, that she posted on her Instagram. It was, uh, um, when Carl Lagerfeld did a like bride couture, uh, show in 1992. And she just looks so beautiful. And Carl looks so happy. Chrissy Turlington's also on the side of it, but she's not in bridal couture. She's like in something else. Um, and, you know, she's photographed with Elle McPherson and Naomi Campbell. Like, she's photographed with those girls. She's um, doing all the shows. But she's just, like, she's definitely visual. And that's, like, what she is focusing on is making sure the aesthetic is cute. Making sure she looks cute. I did not see one, like picture where it was like, Ooh, the real Claudia, like she, no, that is not her. Um, she, you're not going to catch her slipping. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I, I am a little like, Oh, I just wish I could say so much more, but you know what? Like the mystery of it, I do have an appreciation for that. I do wish I could like, I do wish I could sit down and talk to her. Um, and that's what like, I always want after talking and learning about these women is like, I want to sit down and like, do I have questions for them? And with her, I would just love to get a glimpse of her personality. I would love to just be like, Hey, well, what do you think about this? Um, and how did it feel like being a part of all these monumental fashion moments of the nineties and really shaping like what it means to be a model. And then also like, are you aware of how universally appealing you are? And like, I, I want to know more about her childhood. Like what was it like living in Germany? All I can, all I can find is that she was like discovered and just immediately like started working and started building her career. But nothing about like how she felt about it, what it felt like to be discovered at a club, what she was thinking. And I would like to know that. It would be really cool to learn that. Um, and so, yeah, I hope you enjoyed 
this episode and learned a little bit about her and maybe maybe you'll be able to use your skills and you'll be like look at all this you missed all of this i'm more than happy to be corrected uh on stuff and i love learning so you're never gonna bother me if you slip into my dms and you're like look at this fantastic article i found where she is so vulnerable in and i will shout you out and link the article um so yeah well i hope you enjoyed this while you were doing your makeup drinking your coffee driving to work i had so much fun chatting with you today And I really, really appreciate all the support and I love every single one of you for listening to me for 90 minutes. Like, come on, you care about me. Okay. We are best friends now. If you listen to me this long, we are best friends. Okay. That's, I don't make the rules. That's just like the way of the land. All right. Bye.